Hey there, thanks for checking out the Making Waves podcast by Max Performance. I'm your host, Tim Richmond. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We talk about all things endurance sports, from training and racing tips to stories from inspiring athletes. And we want these talks to encourage you to learn about yourself and achieve more in your endurance endeavors. So happy training and racing, and uh, we hope to see you out there soon. back on the Making Waves podcast. This is Tim, and I'm with Will from Try Hard Endurance Coaching. Will, what's going on? How's it going, Tim? Everybody, how are you all? Hope everybody's having a good winter and fired up for the spring. Awesome. We're uh, we're back talking in t- uh, 2022. Uh, we've got a great year ahead of us, and we've got these free new training plans, Will. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, what athletes can expect and maybe some of the key points that we should look at for these new plans. Cool. So, you know, anytime you do something like this, it's really hard because you're, you're trying to lay out uh, a program that can work for a lot of people uh, for, you know, several different events, different points in the year. So you're making a ton of assumptions. So my mentality here on these was let's just lay out a sound general plan that can work for a broad group of people. could be someone who's relatively new, someone who's relatively advanced. The target mostly would be in the middle, the way it's laid out. Um, you know, somebody who works out consistently or maybe has done a season or two of triathlon wants to get a little more serious, be a little more specific about it. Um, I would say that's kind of the, the base, if you will, the sort of midline. Um, and the idea is that we, we lay out a program that goes a little bit from the perspective of like less like the race to more like the race. So you're getting kind of directed towards race specific fitness, the closer you get. Um, and so that's really the idea, just a, a consistent flow, progress people towards the event and be able to get there and have a strong performance. You know, the, um, the big thing to me is that I, I want people to be able to feel like they can finish the, the full picture of the plan and feel like they get, uh, you know, some sound training, but like I, you know, I accomplished something. Uh, so I would encourage people, even though there's limitations in the system that they adjust and adapt and, you know, use it as sort of a starting point but don't be locked into the plan says it has to be exactly this today. Go ahead and do a little more or a little less, depending on where you're at. We can talk more about that if you want, but that's, I think that's an important thing for people to have in mind. Well, I think that you will definitely get some pretty eager athletes who might say like, well, it doesn't look like there's a lot of, a lot of volume on this. Like how would I increase volume on the plan? Yeah. So number one thing would be make sure you really should. Um, and I, I think the the way to to verify that is just to look at what you've done, you know, for training over the last two to three months and, you know, kind of reference that. Like if, if the average amount of training per week that you've been doing is already more than the plan, especially given the plan, again, the plan is designed to progress. You might be doing a, if you've been training consistently, maybe the volume of training you're doing is more like the last three weeks instead of the first three weeks. So in your case, it might make sense to increase the volume of training. If someone's to do that, I would encourage them to do it solely by increasing the low intensity training in the plan. So if there's a workout that has some intervals, don't increase the number of intervals, don't increase the duration of the intervals, increase the, the quote zone two part of the plan to the sides, if you will, the before and after part, expand the zone two work. That's you're getting the biggest bang for your buck from a health and performance perspective long-term by doing that. So if you have additional time, 
and you've got a recent training history that says, yes, I'm capable of safely doing that. Um, cool. That would be a way to do it. And that could follow through the entire plan. You could essentially leave the intensity and the more specific sessions pretty much as they are, and just use the, um, that increase in volume on some of the other workouts to increase your total volume overall with the low intensity to be really okay. And so athletes know that this is going to be through training peaks. You can access the plans through a free account. And once you use those links, uh, they'll populate on your training peaks calendar. So that's really great. What we should be mindful of is that there's always a rest day. Talk about how important that is for athletes. Yeah. So you only get stronger when you rest. Uh, the, the good way to look at this, it's funny. I, I remember saying this in a presentation, uh, maybe in the early 2000s, that if the, in order to get faster or to get stronger, it's it's the rest times the the challenge of training, right? It's not just the it's not just doing workouts over and over again. You've got to have the rest. It gives your body the time to adapt and change. And similarly, not just days off, but pure chunks of time. And just because of the nature of our modern lifestyle. It's easiest for most people to do that in seven day chunks. You can, you know, if we had a training discussion, we could talk about other options, but so within these plans, there's a single whole day off per week. And there's about a seven day recuperative period or adaptation period. I like to call it recovery week. People call them on roughly every fourth week of the plan. So you have this chunk of time where you take the training load down significantly. And now the energy that you were putting into training can go into something else, which is you recovering and then adapting to the training stress that you've been doing. So that's really how you get stronger. It's, it's easy to look at the workouts and as athletes, it's fun because we're thinking, I want to go do this challenging session. I want to accrue this volume. I want to do this work. That's going to make me stronger. Yes. As long as you do the rest, if you don't do the rest at some point, Mm -hmm. your body will make you rest. And if that happens, it's going to be a longer period of time than is beneficial. You're not going to get better from it, right? That's if you get injured and you have to take six weeks off, you're not getting faster um, and you're not going to be prepared for the race that you wanted to be ready for. Yeah. So, and we, we uh, might see athletes that, that try to just blow through that fourth week. Mm, so, it, so for, for beginner athletes, if you're listening to this and you're saying, this is great, I really, I need a new, I need a plan. This is going to really help you because it's based around the, the, um, all the research for periodization. Um, yeah. So I, I will say, it's, it's based around historical training strategies. Um, if we get into the research, we, we'll get into the, the, the discussion of periodization in another, in another discussion because we'd go down a long road that way. <laughs> um, the, the, the very short synopsis of it is that the whole like 3-1 kind of training process is really originally founded in, believe it or not, like factory work in early 1900s. Um, it's not actually something based in training. People think it's got to do with like hormonal changes and training stress. There is a little something with motor development around six weeks that people will say maybe a specific skill for around six weeks and then shift. But when you really get down to it, um, the, the three on one off pattern is more something related to, I honestly, it's just tradition. Um, I would argue that going shorter, in other words, doing a rest week every third or even 10 days probably better. Um, you know, in other words, uh, two weeks on one week off or sure. 10 days on four or five days off this discussion goes crazy. I'm sorry. I'm probably derailing us totally, but the, you know, the, conversely for a very fit, highly, like I'm thinking of, a uh, thinking of a few professional athletes I've worked with over the years 
super huge aerobic engines, super incredible depth of fitness, you know, many, many years of training in the tank. At certain points of the year, you might choose to go five or six weeks before you take a lighter week. And it's really gotcha. based more on how are they recovering. So the, the shift in sort of the periodization research is away from any sort of like on off pattern into more uh, a focus of um, how do we distribute work over time? And then the pattern kind of evolves out of that. Um, does that make sense? In other words, gotcha, it's, it's yeah. the pattern is about what the athlete can do. That would be the trend of the research is you take the recovery when the athlete needs the recovery and the periodization is sort of the grand scheme of how we broadly get somewhere and the rest becomes or develops based on need. Um, in terms of a training plan like this, that's really hard to do. And that three, one is, is pretty consistent for most people. So that's, that's the founder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, mean, I don't mean to like make it sound all. No. I, and know, I want to point out too, but. if you're, maybe you're uh, listening to this as you look at the plans, but this is not some sort of generic, like Monday, you're going to, or I'm sorry, Tuesday, you're going to run. Uh, Wednesday, you're going to ride. Like there's detail in these free plans that people will really appreciate. No, serious. God, God willing, not typos and stuff. There probably no, are. Sorry, and, and that's okay. It, but it, uh, when you look at what's, you know, you can certainly go online and find a free plan and I'll use air quotes and it's free, but you kind of almost pay for what you get. I mean, it's very limited. This is pretty extensive for a free plan. Like, Will, you've definitely put some some time into this for our athletes. So we, um, absolutely, you know, appreciate it. Um, so let's talk a little bit more, um, about those workouts. Is there anything else, um, that we should think about or that we should look into as we go through, say a typical, uh, maybe even the beginning week of a sprint or an Olympic plan here? Um, so the number one thing would just be, be willing to adjust and adapt just because training peaks, you know, the calendar says do this amount of duration or whatnot, this number of intervals uh, over the next couple of weeks doesn't mean that's exactly what you have to do. You've got to, excuse me, you've got to be able to listen to your body a little bit. Um, I would really encourage anybody who's listening to this. If you don't have a heart rate monitor, at least to invest in a heart rate monitor. Um, I did lay out in the, uh, in the description for the plan, when you look at that in training peaks, um, there is a, you know, sort of a outline of, all right, you know, you can use these sort of intensity ranges. Here's how you can set them up based on heart rate or power in training peaks from the, the test that you'll do on week one, but you can also use perceived exertion. So if you don't have a, those devices, you can just do it that way. Why I still suggest the heart rate monitor, even if you want to mostly use perceived exertion is that you could over time just observe how your heart rate is tracking when you do a specific session. Like if every week, you know, on, uh, on this particular run workout, you're going to be doing that road and that road for the first chunk of it or whatever, or on this bike workout, it's on your indoor trainer, uh, especially for the first, you know, first few races, maybe the early going could be inside more than outside, or you have to do indoor workouts during the, uh, the meat of the season because of the time of day that you have to work out and how daylight is, is happening. Um, you know, so pick a chunk of time, five ish minutes and just look at what your heart rate is and any other variables that you have that are consistent. So like when you're running, if it's a relatively flat section of road and you know, I'm going to be on this road for at least five minutes, how long does it take you to cover that section of road at this exact heart rate? Right. Um, if you're indoor on the trainer, uh, even if you don't have power, perhaps you have speed, you know, if not, then, all right, you just got to go and perceived exertion. But the idea would just be, all right, 
you know, at this heart rate, does it still feel the way it normally does or does it feel easier? Or if you, if you can see speed or you can see power, is my heart rate the same or lower? Is my perceived exertion lower for the same power? Or conversely, is my power higher relative to those things? And that's just giving you an idea of whether or not you're getting tired or you're doing okay. And, you know, yes, you could look at that and say, maybe I'm getting fitter as well. But the key thing to me is, are you getting tired? And the way you'd see that is if your heart rate was low or your perceived exertion was high relative to your power or speed. If it was just looking at heart rate, if your heart rate is where you want it to be, but it feels like it's taking way more effort than usual to get there, probably getting a little tired. That might be a sign that, okay, you know what, maybe this week back off a little bit. If there's some intervals in there, you know, maybe take one or two of those intervals off that workout or drop the output on those five or 10% or, or, you know, if you're going by perceived exertion, it was supposed to be a seven, drop it to a six. It was supposed to be an eight, drop it to a seven. Give yourself a little more space. Um, by doing that, you're making the plan a little bit more individualized to you. And you're doing, you're, you have a tool that you can consistently use to become a little bit better at reading your own body and your response to exercise. So not only do you get the benefit of the plan relative to the race, but hopefully you also develop a skill that helps you become a better athlete over time. So I, I would encourage that within the, the sessions. And then um, I can't remember if I said it earlier and it's important enough that I want to harp on it. Just make sure that when there are lower intensity sessions, you don't go harder. It's not helpful. It makes you more tired chronically. You can't do the higher intensity well. You feel worse when you do the longer workouts. You're more likely to get hurt. Um, low intensity training, that zone two-ish kind of stuff uh, in the kind of system we used, there are other systems that might use zone one or whatever. In this system, it's zone two. That's the, the lower intensity work that you would do. It's mellow. It's easy to recover from, but it does a huge amount of good in terms of developing your, your fitness as an aerobic endurance athlete. Um, you could argue that's where the majority of your fitness comes from not only to perform the endurance work of racing, but to recover from the higher intensity stuff that you do. Recovery is 100% aerobic. You develop that aerobic system really well. Now, when you do higher intensity training, you recover from it faster, both the whole session and in between those intervals that you do, or it's a race and you have to try to kind of work harder because Tim designed a course with a lot of big hills in it out in Winchendon. <laughs> 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 you know, um, scenarios, the person who's more aerobically fit, that's that lower intensity stuff as weird as it sounds, but sets the stage for that. So really be good with that low intensity stuff, have discipline with your, with your use of intensity and, uh, make sure that when you do do intensity, you finish those workouts feeling better than when you started. In other words, if there's intervals on the delicate for that day and you do that higher intensity workout with those intervals, you should finish feeling like I could have done one or two more or, or like if you've got a little bit more in the tank. Yeah. 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 Or I could have, you know, if it's a longer interval, you know, sometimes I say that I could have done one or two more and it's like, my brain is envisioning say intervals shorter than three or four minutes. You start getting out there, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 minutes. Um, plus, well, yeah, you're, you're not going to, the whole workout might be two intervals, three intervals. So in those longer scenarios, it's more like I could have gone longer. Like I could have done another three, four, five minutes on these intervals, you know? Okay, cool. The idea of that intensity is to create a stimulus. It's not to obliterate you. Right. <laughs> so you want to finish the session yeah. able to do the next day. And if you're so tired, you can't, you definitely went too hard. Right. Yeah. So those, those kinds of things I think are really important. I don't know if I directly, if I really answered that, I answered the question yeah, you were asking. I'm absolutely. Not sure if I, I think I got like off on a I think everybody is is going to be uh, looking at that. We we couple of takeaways. I guess we could think about erring to the side of lower intensity um, because that's helping building your aerobic base. You can't mm -hmm. you can't go wrong there. There's no question, especially as a beginner athlete. Um, as a seasoned 
Yeah, we're in van- exactly. If you're a more seasoned athlete and you were looking to increase the volume, we talked a little bit about that. Um, there's definitely specificity in the descriptions of all these workouts. So that's really important. Um, we also spoke that using some type of metric, whether it be a rate of perceived exertion or a heart rate monitor at the very least are pretty good points. And if you have a power meter, great, but not, you know, not required uh, to access the plan. So that's uh, also there. Don't uh, let those rest days go away. Please use those rest days. That's super important. It is it is a long way off for a lot of our max events this year right now. So don't try to uh, really kill yourself in the early season. Uh, we don't want to get injured here in the winter. You want to be able to get out there and race and have so much fun. Um, so the specifics of accessing this plan, if you're listening to it and it's, it's already available to you, great. You found that out. But if you're the first time listener here, you have to be a registered max athlete. It will be in your confirmation email. So that's super important. And again, we are incredibly thankful for the partnership with try hard and will, uh, for developing these plans and uh, seeing athletes through the entire season being successful, um, and reaching your goals. Will, any last comments for everybody? Yeah, I think one last thing, and this is a, uh, I'm just going to apologize up front. Um, the nature of training peaks is that when you put a, a plan in, if an athlete has the basic account, they can't modify or adjust the, uh, the workouts within that session. It's sort of like they're, they're just in there and you can see them and use them, but they're, they're not really movable. So, uh, you know, try to time it. It, uh, it gives you the prompt to to put the last day on a certain day, which you can do when you're setting it up and and, put, and loading the plan. Um, but also some of the the races end on a Saturday, or excuse me, the races are on a Saturday versus a Sunday. I lay out notes for how to modify for that. Just recognize that when you get to that time, you can use the same workouts. You're just going to jigger the week a little bit, and the instructions are there. So don't okay. don't look at it and kind of go, oh my god, what am I going to do? There's, there's details in there to explain that. Um, so just be aware though, that, that it could, you get to the end, it could look like, Oh, wait, hold on. My, you know, yeah. it, my race is Saturday and this plan is a race on Sunday. No, that's there's okay. In there for how to modify. And you make a good point because when I uh, practiced and laid these out, I, I chose mass state, which is a Sunday race in July, July 10th, and then everything worked backwards from there. Um, and so you can always adjust um, when you start, when you drop the plan in, you have to to make that commitment kind of up front. So choose which one. We've got sprint plans and we've got the Olympic plans. So that'll cover all your bases for the max events in 2022. Yep. So um, awesome. Well, listen, everybody have a great season. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, we look forward to seeing you out there at the events. Uh, let us know if you have any questions, but uh, thanks again for listening. Wilt, have a good day. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. You too, Tim. Have a great season, everybody. Enjoy the plan.